Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. Imagine you find yourself suddenly right in front of God, like in the throne room. What is your response? Well, today, my friends, we hear about how Isaiah responded. And as D.A. Carson puts it, in the presence of God, degrees of sin seem superfluous. Hey, hopeful. Welcome to episode 1940 of our journey together through the Bible. And I'm glad you've joined the movement of those being transformed by the reading through of every word of God's mind in print, including doing something a little different today, something that I hope encourages you just to really focus in on Jesus in the Old Testament. We're going to pause our New Testament reading in 2 Corinthians. We'll get back to that tomorrow. But there's three big questions that I just want you to keep top of mind. Who is God? Who are we in relation to God? And therefore, what is the big deal about a promised Redeemer? Today, we're just going to read Isaiah and then a closing wisdom segment picking up today in Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphim were standing above him. They each had six wings. With two they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew and called to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord of armies. His glory fills the whole earth. The foundations of the doorway shook at the sound of their voices, and the temple was filled with smoke. And then I said, Woe is me, for I am ruined, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and because my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, and in his hand was a glowing coal that he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Now that it has touched your lips, your iniquity is removed, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord asking, Who will I send? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. And he replied, Go, say to these people, Keep listening, but do not understand. Keep looking, but do not perceive. Make the minds of these people dull, deafen their ears and blind their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and heal with their ears and understand with their minds. Turn back and be healed. And then I said, Until when, Lord? And he replied, until cities lie in ruins without inhabitants, houses are without people, the land is ruined and desolate, and the Lord drives the people far away, leaving great emptiness in the land. Though a tenth will remain in the land, it will be burned again, like the terebinth or the oak that leaves a stump when felled, the holy seed is the stump. This took place during the reign of King Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah. Aram's king Rezin and Israel's king Pekah, son of Remaliah, went to fight against Jerusalem. 
but they were not able to conquer it. And when it became known to the house of David that Aram had occupied Ephraim, the heart of Ahaz and the hearts of his people trembled like trees of a forest shaking in the wind. The Lord said to Isaiah, Go out with your son Sheer Jeshub to meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool by the road to the launderer's field. Say to him, Calm down and be quiet. Don't be afraid or cowardly because of these two smoldering wicks, the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. For Aram, along with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah, has plotted harm against you. They say, let's go up to Judah, terrorize it, and conquer it for ourselves. Then we can install Tobiel's son as king in it. This is what the Lord God says. It will not happen. It will not occur. The chief city of Aram is Damascus. The chief of Damascus is Rezin. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. The chief city of Ephraim is Samaria, and the chief of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you do not stand firm in your faith, then you will not stand at all. Then the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. It can be as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. But Ahaz replied, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. Isaiah said, Listen, house of David, is it not enough for you to try the patience of men? Will you also try the patience of my God? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel. By the time he learns to reject what is bad and choose what is good, he will be eating curds and honey. For before the boy knows to reject what is bad and choose what is good, the land of the two kings you dread will be abandoned. The Lord will bring on you, your people, and your father's house such a time as has never been since Ephraim separated from Judah. He will bring the king of Assyria. On that day, the Lord will whistle to flies at the farthest streams of the Nile and to bees in the land of Assyria. All of them will come and settle in the steep ravines, in the clefts of the rocks, in all the thorn bushes, and in all the water holes. On that day, the Lord will use a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria, to shave the hair on your heads, the hair on your legs, and even your beards. On that day, a man will raise a young cow and two sheep, and from the abundant milk they give, he will eat curds, for every survivor in the land will eat curds and honey. And on that day, every place where there were a thousand vines worth a thousand pieces of silver will become thorns and briars. A man will go there with bows and arrows because the whole land will be thorns and briars. You will not go to all the hills that were once tilled with a hoe for fear of the thorns and briars. Those hills will be places for oxen to graze and for sheep to trample. Then the Lord said to me, Take a large piece of parchment and write on it with an ordinary pen. And write this, Maher Shalal Hash Baz. I have appointed trustworthy witnesses, the priest Uriah and Zechariah, son of Jeberechiah, 
I was then intimate with the prophetess, and she conceived and gave birth to a son, and the Lord said to me, Name him Maher Shalal Hashbaz. For before the boy knows to call father or mother, the wealth of Damascus and the spoils of Samaria will be carried off to the king of Assyria. The Lord spoke to me again. Because these people rejected the slowly flowing water of Shiloh and rejoiced with Rezin and the son of Remaliah, the Lord will certainly bring against them the mighty rushing water of the Euphrates River, the king of Assyria and all his glory. It will overflow its channels and spill over all its banks. It will pour into Judah, flood over it, and sweep through, reaching up to the neck, and its flooded banks will fill your entire land, Emmanuel. Band together, peoples, and be broken. Pay attention, all you distant lands. Prepare for war and be broken. Prepare for war and be broken. Devise a plan, it will fail. Make a prediction, it will not happen. For God is with us. For this is what the Lord said to me with great power, to keep me from going the way of this people. Do not call everything a conspiracy that these people say is a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be terrified. You are to regard only the Lord of armies as holy. Only he should be feared. Only he should be held in awe. He will be a sanctuary, but for the two houses of Israel, he will be a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over and a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Many will stumble over these. They will fall and be broken. They will be snared and captured. Bind up the testimony. Seal up the instruction among my disciples. I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will wait for him. Here I am. Here I am with the children the Lord has given me to be signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of armies who dwells on Mount Zion. When they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the spiritists who chirp and mutter, shouldn't a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Go to God's instruction and testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, there will be no dawn for them. They will wander through the land, dejected and hungry. When they are famished, they will become enraged and, looking upward, will curse their king and their God. They will look toward the earth and see only distress, darkness, and the gloom of affliction, and they will be driven into thick darkness. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will bring honor to the way of the sea to the land east of the Jordan, and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle 
and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast, and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. And my friends, that is Isaiah 6 up through verse 7 of chapter 9. Holy, holy, holy. Remember that in the, that's a Hebrewism in a, in a literary sense, meaning that when you say it three times, there can be no higher, right? That is the highest form of holy that you can get to. D.A. Carmichael comments on that little bit of vision that we saw right up front, right? Isaiah's in the throne room and the seraphim are, are singing holy, holy, holy and and Isaiah has an oh crap moment. For the first time in this vision, God speaks and looks for volunteers, which is itself a gracious act of condescension. And when Isaiah responds, it's less the cry of the hero than the petition of the pardoned. It's as if he is begging, here, please, will I do? Is there any way I can help? Will you please use me? My friends, obviously, we could go on for days about all the stuff and what we just read. But today, we're going to close out with a wisdom segment that also allows us to deeply reflect on the promised Messiah. We're going to read Psalm 22. And when we do so, I think we can almost imagine its author, King David, standing beneath the cross of the Lord Jesus as he penned it. Many throughout church history have described the importance and value of Psalm 22 for our portrait of Jesus' death. James Boyce described it as the best description in all the Bible of Jesus' Christ, Jesus' crucifixion. Martin Luther put it this way, quote, This psalm is a kind of gem among the psalms that contain prophecies concerning Christ and his kingdom and is peculiarly excellent and remarkable. This psalm contains those deep, sublime, and heavy sufferings of Christ when agonizing in the midst of the terrors and the pangs of divine wrath and death, which surpasses all human thought and comprehension. And I know not whether any psalm throughout the whole book contains matter more weighty or from which the hearts of the godly can so truly perceive those sighs and groans, inexpressible by man, which their Lord and head, Jesus Christ, uttered when conflicting for us in the midst of death and in the midst of the pains and terrors of hell. And I, uh, unquote, and I will remind you of this. Remember how in old hymns, the name of the hymn is the first line of the hymn and makes you think of the whole hymn? Like a mighty fortress is our God. 
Well, similarly, in Israel's reciting the first line of a psalm, another Hebrewism, reciting the first line of a psalm would recall the whole psalm. And you will see quickly why. Psalm 22 is a psalm of David. For the choir director, according to the deer of the dawn, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far from my deliverance and from my words of groaning? My God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. By night, yet I have no rest. But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you. They trusted, and you rescued them. They cried to you and were set free. They trusted in you and were not disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by people. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, He relies on the Lord. Let him save him. Let the Lord rescue him since he takes pleasure in him. It was you who brought me out of the womb, making me secure at my mother's breast. I was given over to you at birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Don't be far from me because distress is near and there's no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong ones of Bashan encircle me. They open their mouths against me, lions mauling and roaring. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are disjointed. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength is dried up like baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You put me into the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me. A gang of evildoers has closed in on me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People look And stare at me. They divided my garments among themselves and they cast lots for my clothing. But you, Lord, don't be far away. My strength, come quickly to help me. Rescue my life from the sword, my only life from the power of these dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, from the horns of wild oxen. You answered me. I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you in the assembly. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. All you descendants of Israel, revere him. For he has not despised or abhorred the torment of the oppressed. He did not hide his face from him, but listened when he cried to him for help. I will give praise in the great assembly because of you. I will fulfill my vows before those who fear you. The humble will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. All the families of the nations will bow down before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord. He rules the nations. All who prosper on earth will eat and bow down. All those who go down to the dust will kneel before him, even the one who cannot preserve his life. Their descendants will serve him 
The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare His righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what He has done. Psalm 22 My friends, in the presence of God, degrees of sin seem superfluous. Every one of them is an infinite offense in a court where the betrayed one is holy, holy, holy. The highest possible holy and good and just being possible. Who happens to reveal himself, God with us, and that's what makes grace so amazing. I love you. Amen. Amen.